Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Warwick, Rhode Island. Currently recording this in my wife's bedroom. Uh, this is a really great episode. Um, one that I'm still kind of like, holy shit, did this happen? Uh, we've had, you know, having a bit of a run right now. If, you, uh, are, if you're a new listener, please uh, check out some la- past episodes. You might like our episode with John from like six years back. But more recently, we just had uh, Benny Horowitz from the Gaslight Anthem, Griffin Newman from The Tick, uh, Matt Pryor from The Ghetto Kids is a past guest. Nathan Gray from Voice It's Fire, if you're into this kind of world. Um, Matt Sankum, he's the founder of The Hard Times, uh, which I actually read a Hard Times article to Pete about Streetlight Manifesto. And uh, I made sure I actually reached out to past guest Dan Kozu, who also is a Hard Times writer, to find the writer for the Hard Times article. And like, can you please tell him this happened? Uh, So that was really cool. Uh, John, you know, John Tumalo is an old friend. I've known John since 2001, 2002. Uh, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of the band Folly, which he was the lead singer for. Streetlight Manifesto, also possibly one of my favorite bands. If we're doing a top five list, I mean, Streetlight Manifesto and Folly are both going to make it in that list. I absolutely love both of these bands. Uh, so the way this happened was um, I John had made a ska playlist on Instagram. And we were just chatting on Instagram. And I think I mentioned something about Streetlight Manifesto and he tagged Pete. And then I did remember from that him and Pete used to work together some years back. Uh, John and I were talking about having him come back on, but we were just having a hard time uh, figuring out the date because, you know, we're both dads and all that shit. And he, I, he, I asked him, do you think, if I asked Pete, do you think he would, uh, it's okay if I drop your name? John gave me the okay. So Pete said yes. And I was so excited. I was trying to book two different podcasts, one with John, one with Pete. Then I had this harebrained of a scheme in my head. I was like, what if I just see if they do it together? Because I feel like there's got to be a huge Venn diagram of Streetlight Manifesto and Folly fans. Because just there's a lot of comparisons. And then they bring up the episode. We ended up getting to make this happen. So this is like, you know, if not a single person downloads this, which I know is not going to be the case. Who cares? Because I got to talk to two members of two of my favorite bands, and um, it's I'm still kind of blown away. This is it, it's pretty rad, pretty fucking rad. I mean, they both have released some of my favorite albums, some of the, my favorite concerts. Um, Pete is a really cool dude. Pete is not who I expected to be in Streetlight Manifesto. He is kind of like a band, like a band like you know, like in high school, he'd be like a band guy. He, um, you know, he's not from our scene. He's not into the punk. He, he doesn't come from the punk rock, metal, hardcore scene. He kind of comes into Streetlight from a whole different avenue, which was so fascinating. Like, like I always think is like Streetlight really is a band of musicians, musicians. And, you know, getting to hear stories of playing with, with Drake. And uh, he was supposed to be playing with Sublime in, uh, Sublime in like Colorado. That's not happening because of obvious reasons. Uh, playing like Radio City Music Hall. And then, like, you know, we also talked about, like, dad stuff and working, like, normal jobs. So just all around, what a great episode. And it always kind of still shocks me to see how many people are balancing, like, career and passion, uh, something I can relate to. Uh, So this is a really wonderful episode. Uh, Let's do a quick little housekeeping before I get into it. I was recently interviewed by Rob Duguay, one of the uh, amazing music journalists uh, who happens to be based in Rhode Island, but he writes all over, you know, nationally. I met Rob at the What's Your Writers Club a few months back, just hit it off really well, stayed connected through Facebook. Then I got a message asking if he can interview me for uh, Roadie Media, which is the uh, – so uh, his that interview ran on the Warwick Beacon. 
Johnston's son, Cranston Harold. And I'd like to say I'm pretty proud that I might be the only person on earth who is name dropped Benny Horowitz, Pete from Streetlight Manifesto, and Margie Feldman of uh, Interview Connections in one interview in any of these publications. So huge thanks to Rob. You can find those on uh, the Warwick Beacon, Johnson's son, or Cranston Harold online. Uh, so make sure you check out the show on all of our social media. We'll put everything up there at Let's Chat Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And I'm also starting to use Reddit. So Let's Chat Podcast on Reddit. Also, we have a new website. It's not 100% up, but why not if you want to take a look? It's uh, letschatpodcast.net. Um, anyway, big thanks to the Let's Chat Avengers team. Uh, Brianna Benjamin, my ride or die, my, you know, my partner, she gets it, you know, can't thank you enough for everything. Will Forcer, our another producer, designer, extraordinaire, Christopher Ball, Maxwell Baines, Nathan Peavy. I, I can't thank you all enough. Oh, also big thanks to uh, Jeff Toll from the band Folly for editing. Um, so let's get to it. To my books, Oh, this is uh, this is super exciting because um, I, I well I know, I've known John for a very long time as a huge Folly fan, but I've also been a huge Streetlight fan for a while. And then I forgot somewhere down the line, John, you mentioned like you guys knew each other, and then I had this idea. I was like, I wonder if that would happen, and then it did. So I'm, it's kind of kind of turned me Yeah, yeah. He and I worked uh, worked together at a music store um, in Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, and right. it's just upon coincidence, really, like our, our two lives as musicians were uh, were just connected to that, you know, but we we hung out in that little music store. And, uh, yeah, and ate a lot of uh, cheesesteak pizza. Yes. No, cheesesteak pizza? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it good? And lava. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not good pretty for good. you, but it's very good. No, it's not yeah. Uh, incredible. Uh, that was like a, a specialty pizza we'd order when we when we wanted to have the meat sweats later later that night. Are, are you doing like onions, mushrooms too, or are you just doing just steak, just teas on top of a pizza? I think yeah, I think it was it was a stuffed pizza. Yeah, and, two crusts, uh, man. That was that was the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pounds pounds of cheese and meat, and yeah, yeah. it was a difficult one to put down. Uh, our boss would uh, always joke around about it. Like there were a lot of in, little inside jokes about that cheesesteak pizza with Tony. <laughs> Tony, Tony yes, our, our former boss, yeah. current. I mean, he's he's still there. It's a great little music shop. If anyone ever is in in that area, um, mm-hmm. not many of them really exist, especially like that. And Tony's like he's like a bartender more than anyone, uh, anything. Like he's he has the rapport of uh, of a bartender. Yeah, and every man's guy for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. Where's Rutherford in terms of uh, Jersey? Is that did you did you used to live in Rutherford, John? Why is that ringing I, a bell? I lived I lived in East Rutherford and uh, Carlstadt, which is you know a couple towns away. But Pete is from Lyndhurst, right, Pete? 
I'm actually from, so originally Jersey City, but third Jersey grade, City. I moved to uh, Rutherford. And so I went right. to uh, Pierpont School in Rutherford. Oh, there you I went go. to Rutherford High, yeah. Graduated uh, class of 99. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, so it's funny with Music Exchange, that place, I actually took lessons there when I was in like yeah. fourth and fifth grade. Wow. <laughs> Oh, yeah. what a what a small world! What a, like I I love those like full circle moments. Not only do you like take lessons and then work there, but yeah. then you like actually got to become like a career musician. That's right. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. Uh, it's oh. funny because I, I took some lessons there and I quit because I wasn't practicing and I was just <laughs> wa- wasting money. <laughs> like I'll show you, Rutherford. Exactly, and then it came back and I was okay. Yeah. How many students? <laughs> how many students did you have when you were teaching there that uh, were in that same boat? <laughs> And might yeah. might eventually play in a successful touring well, band. Well, who knows about that part? But <laughs> nine out of ten, you yeah, know, you gotta hey. think there, there's gonna be at least one kid out of the bunch. That's right. That's that right. There's a couple now. good ones. There's yeah. a couple good ones for sure. And <laughs> yeah, that place is a lot of fun. That's so cool. Yeah, it was. Especially, you know, you don't have many of those places like left anymore. Like, I mean, it's it, it's sad. You just don't have like those types of those mom and pops like community focused shops anymore. Like, I live up I'm in Rhode Island, but then Providence has a fair amount of that stuff, which is really nice to see. A lot of those small shops that can't afford like Boston, New York rent have all moved to yeah. smaller cities, which has been pretty fortunate for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're they're harder to come by nowadays for sure. Um, yeah, price points, man. Yeah, but that, that store is kind of special, too, because they had, like, a, uh, I don't know, just a list of characters that would come in there on a daily basis. Uh, yes. The people, everyone that worked there, too, total characters. Yeah, but, it was like Cheers, but for a, uh, a music yeah, shop, basically. Yeah, so selling yeah. Line 6 amps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, they visited great with lessons and, uh, and repairs, and, like, you know, you bring... You bring your 1940s Italian accordion there. (laughs) Chances are Tony could figure out how to fix it. Oh, that is so fucking cool. It's like a cool, cool spot. We had a great time there for sure. For anyone listening, and I told this to John, um, like Folly and Streetlight Manifesto are definitely up there with like my two favorite bands, uh, my record and definitely live bands. Did you two ever play together? Like, I feel like there's got to be a Venn diagram besides me. Who is going to be equally excited for this? Because Streetlight and Folly both exist in that weird kind of <laughs> ska, but kind of not yeah. world. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Oh, I mean, not not when since I've been in the band. I was in the ba- I started the band in uh, February 2006. The band started, I want to say, very early 2004. So, yeah, maybe. we had only played with Streetlight once, and it was before 2006. Um, yeah, really? It, not not. Too far before that, probably 2005 even. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, that was the only time. Um, yeah, kind of existed in two different worlds, and and we had like um, kind of stopped playing as Streetlight kept going, uh, and you know, onto like a crazy amount of success in the ska scene. It, you know, it's kind of um, I wouldn't say it's picky or precise, but a lot of those bands that made it and stick stuck around um tend to like earn a lot of uh newfound success with each other and like, sure. street, you guys like street like went on especially to play a lot do a lot of tours with like some of the staples like uh less than jake and rolling yeah. fish and um you know and a lot of those bands did stick together righteously so it's it's uh 
it's really cool. It's really neat. So, John, you were like, you were actually, I think, the first big guest I ever had when I first started this in like 2013. You were the first person to like let, actually give me a shot and like, sure, come to my house and talk to me for like three hours. But you're so kind. Yes. I was so oh, man. so stoked to do it again. But um, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not that big. Uh, <laughs> I, I've, although I've gained probably 20 pounds in the last <laughs> month. Yeah, same here, man. Same yeah. Oh yeah, my it's god, been, it's been, it's been a lot whole, of time uh, at home. This quarantine has not been not been good. Oh, that would be good for the diet. I, yeah, I just I just gave up on it. Once this all happened, I was like, I'm just going to just, just uh, you know, when, I, I work in a correct behavioral health. So a lot of times, and sometimes I tell my clients when things get bad, it's like, you know, some days you just need to make sure you go to sleep. Like, all you have to do is just make sure. And, like, it sounds kind of gruesome, but, like, when you're t- it's like, just don't kill yourself. And if that's, if that's the thing you accomplish in one day, at this time, that's all right. If so, you made it to bed, you won. Yeah, if you if you if you didn't if you if you made it through, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. How how it's weird now because it's so funny because like you're both in these like kind of ska band ish. Well, no, probably more of them the ish side of the ska ish. But is it strange for you, John? Like now, like 15 plus years later with Folly, kind of becoming a hardcore band now, unofficial or like your the legacy, <laughs> like the hardcore community is really taking into Folly. But so many hardcore kids fucking love. I know so many people who love Streetlight Manifesto who are hardcore kids, and they stick their nose up at ska and horns and anything. But for some reason, it's like Folly and Streetlight. You were the only two bands, and maybe the Flame and Tsunamis. I'd probably throw them in there too. We're like the three bands of screaming and horns that can make it work. Yeah, well, it's like such a it's a genre that has ramified in so many different ways for so many different years now. Like. In the late 90s with the whole, like, the third wave, big boom, um, there there was, like, an onslaught of amazing kind of ska punk bands that, that created their own heavy side of, of things. But then there were bands um, in the late 90s going into the early 2000s that, during this whole, like, ska revival, brought back the traditional ska. Um, right, right, the, right. You know, like, the jazz, trad, reggae, dance hall, rock steady stuff. And... And that stuff has even lived on yeah. too in its own bubble, um, and it's just, it's a funny genre in a way because it it, it can be sat like that. That hard times are headline is amazing. Oh, it's like, yeah, no, it's perfect. It, it's a genre that's constantly poked poked and prodded at. It's like uh, yes. you know it's satirized very often, and for you know for hard times to actually have a positive uh, sort of spin. <laughs> At least for for you guys, <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily the genre. That's pretty uh, good. It's pretty good. It just tells you it's like relative, um, and a lot of people still dig the many different faces of it, um, one way or the other. You know, and like it's it's just a cool. It's one of the hundreds of different genres of music, and uh, within it there are hundreds of different types. So it's kind of it's just a cool thing to be a part of if we ever get lumped into being like a, a band that plays different genres hardcore metal punk rock like that's cool too we're, we're kind of glad at least that we can dabble a little bit in the ska genre um it's always been like our bread and butter just something that we've always really appreciated it's a music that we love so um you know we never stop writing writing it into our songs but Right. And, you know, there's, um, you know, the whole name thing, the genre name thing. And that's where it gets kind of dicey. You know, Scott has yeah. these um, stereotypical musical constructs that, 
you know, lend itself with upstrokes and all this other kind of stuff. And, oh, there's horns. That means it's a ska band. Um, but every band's original. You know, every band has their own thing. And, you know, yeah. I know it's Streetlight as, you know, we the years pass by and we record new albums and look for more music. You know, our specific sound becomes more of what it is. And, you know, mm-hmm. from the very earlier albums, yeah, there was more, you know, upstrokes and triadic bass lines and all this kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, we've moved to or not moved to, but just like our sound, you know, has become a bigger part of it. And, yeah, are we ska? Sure. Are we punk ska? Yeah. But we are also a rock and roll band with horns. You know, yeah. we're also all these different kind of things. You're also just, just like streetlight. There's no other streetlight. And that's like... Yeah. Like, if you can play in any band where somebody can kind of say, um, like, there's no other musical artist like you in the world, um, there are bands that are similar because they have horns or because they right. they play in the genre. But, like, if you can get to the point where people recognize your music as being uh, completely unique. Yeah, an idiosyncratic yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's, like, that's, that's the best. And definitely some of the best yeah. live shows I've ever attended were both... Um, both. One of the, my favorite concert-going experiences of my entire life is when I, I saw Streetlight, when you guys did the... Um, you were doing every album in its entirety in New York City. Uh, it was the mm-hmm. Highline Ballroom. I believe I went to... Um, I think it was, it was my good friend Bo and Eric. We went. I think it was Everything went, Everything Goes Numb is the one we went to. I, I remember you like you okay. whatever I forgot what it was because the way I ended up doing is you you played the album and then you guys came back out and then you just did all the other songs off the album albums people wanted to hear yes. so it was kind of like whatever <laughs> I remember the floor like literally oh, yeah. shaking and it was oh my god it was the most fun and like that seems to be the thing about um you know what just the energy that like both I, honestly both of the bands that you both are in just like as much as I love your records, there's just something about the live experience that I don't think is can ever be captured. Even like I'm sure if you probably watched those old Hellfest DVDs of, uh, of or even the more those, those back to school jams videos on YouTube, I've been watching. I've been doing a lot of weird YouTube in ever since this whole thing happened at night. So like you, I don't know if you guys do that too. You're like I was just on there the other night and I typed in Folly and it's. And, and and I was like looking in stuff, and then I'm like finding like people who are like ten years younger than me covering like bands I used to love and like a crazy world. Good rabbit. Oh, no, it's so fun. There, Those are fun. I was watching oh, yeah. one of um um Anthony. Uh, it had a drum view of Anthony. I think it was in Hate Six or something like that. It was really fucking nuts. Yeah. But yeah, it just it, there's just nothing there's nothing like 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 it. So um so Pete, what is your uh, what's your journey into ska? Are you a were you a ska kid growing up? Or I know I talked to John that you were a bit of a, you're a jazz guy as well, which I know. So you, I'm gonna guess band yeah. kid. Yes, I was not a ska guy. So I was uh, I was a marching band kid. Um. I played uh, euphonium, and then, um, you know, so I picked up guitar. I was way into classic rock. I picked up guitar when I was in sixth grade, played a bunch, took lessons at uh, that Rutherford That's place. That's so cool. And was not very good, <laughs> didn't practice, you know, and all these kind of things. I really wanted to play with my friends, and so they were like, you're not really good enough to play with us, so I picked up the bass. Um, and when I started playing the bass, obviously something clicked for me, and I took it way seriously. But um, music-wise... I was actually into um, fish quite a bit. I went to I've I've seen fish about 55 times back in my day wow. in 97, 98, 99, 2000. So that was my jam. Um, I got into jazz around 99, right when I graduated high school, and so I went to a college in um, a place called Five Towns in uh, Long Island, a small little music school, and. I went there with my electric bass, and my first um, lesson there, I met my bass teacher. He had his upright bass there, 
And he said, um, oh, you're in college. You got all this time. Why don't you try this bass right now? See how it feels when you play a note. I put the bass up against my body. I played a note. The note vibrated through my body. And I was like, whoa, that's something serious. And so <laughs> that started me on the journey playing upright bass, you know, while playing electric that's bass so as cool. well. Um, I uh, eventually ran out of money to go to that school. So I went back home to Rutherford and I went to a school called uh, New Jersey City University. Um, New Jersey City University, I went into the jazz program playing upright bass, and from there I met a piano player named Joe Elefante. He had his own big band that played once a week at this place called Cecil's in West Orange, so I started playing there. And there I met a saxophonist named Mike Brown, who's the baritone sax player for Streetlight Manifesto. He, uh, he joined the band in 2005. So this is around 2003, 2004, 2005. I was in this big band. Um, 2005, Mike left for a while, left in the big band. He came back. We were at the bar one night, and he said, hey, would you be interested in joining this band? I think the bass player might be leaving soon. You know, it's up to you. I'm like, ah, sure. Okay, I'm into it. Um, so then a couple months passed. He called me one day, he said, I'll come over to my house. You know, so I went over there, he played me this stuff, and he's like, This is Streetlight Manifesto. And I was like, what kind of music is this? I never I never really heard this stuff before at all. Really? And um yeah, I was like, Okay, sure, I'll learn all this stuff. Um so that was uh yeah, February two thousand six. I said, Okay, I'll go they had a tour lined up. The bass player before me, Chris Pazic, had left like abruptly. Um, I don't know if you know the history. Streetlight like was robbed on tour a couple times. I read um, during their. I'm yeah, sorry to hear yeah, that. But the real big one where their whole trailer, their whole trailer uh, got robbed. Yeah. And so after that, the bass player just quit the band abruptly, and they had some other stuff lined up. I jumped in. I did a tour with uh, Aquabats. It was like a 10 day tour. Um, and then right there was right when you know how John had spoken earlier about how like um, you know Streetlight went on all these these uh tours supporting people and starting to try to grow their thing i joined the band right at that point wow and so that next tour was the first tour we ever did with real big fish and just you know just went straight for about nine years basically and uh yeah so i like immersed myself in it and slowly got way way into it and that's my that's my story what i I, i'm such a sucker for those like sliding door moments where like if if that little thing what was your yeah. It, it all starts with being in a, a it, big band. I did not expect yeah, exactly. that. As long as you make it into a big band, you, you'll you'll wind up somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, that's right. You, you, but that, that's, that's so right. crazy. It's so like um, just like that. So, but like um, wow. So you man, you really got into that band at the exact right time, huh? Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. What, what year does Catch yeah, Break? Had, um, what what year did Catch Twenty Two at Dissolve and then do, do they uh, does that and Street do they exist ever simultaneously? I'm not terribly familiar. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So what happened was uh, Thomas, um, you know, leader of Streetlight. He started Catch Twenty Two in high school with the other guys in that band. He you know uh, wrote the music for that first album, Case Be Nice. After that album, he went to college and. Um, the oh band okay. And so when he got back from college, I guess the first time he, he went down to, uh, I think, George School or something like that. When he came back around 2002, 2003, he had an idea to just record a studio album. Um, everything went numb, streetlight, and then they did one show, and it was so good that he put together oh. a touring band. So he was like, how can I take this yeah. like real freshman intro philosophy, uh, Nietzscheism, and just wrap some <laughs> horns around it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's. Do, that's I mean, are you all in the band like in on the joke as well? Like, do you ever see those memes? There's this. I think it's Facebook group. It's like, what do you know about Scott Punk? And it's just like the most the best Scott memes. And it's one of them's like when uh, Streetlight. Uh, the, I forgot what song. It's like it's not the big sick kicks in it's like but it's like a person like about to have tears it's like me being tough in front of everyone the next picture it's like michael scott in tears like when streetlights kicks it with when the horn kicks in or whatever you're like yeah oh yeah yeah there's there's a there's a song um man i'm trying to think of it right now um but the the last verse of it it's like real slow it's just guitar and it's like and you're gonna die alone and every time it happens i look at the drummer (laughs) <laughs> I, I feel like there's so much similarity oh, for like yeah. Folly and Streetlight, at least as a fan perspective. Like the, at least the personalities from like from knowing fo- the Folly guys and like the lyrics versus the music you make and Streetlight. Like your music, like Streetlight music sounds very happy, and your lyrics are really fucking dark. Right. And then John, like your oh, music yeah. sounds so angry, but if you rip away, you're screaming like. They're so beautiful and poetic. Like, I remember showing them to my creative writing teacher in college and just her just, like, aghast. Like, Christopher, this is just poetry. And then I put on Folly and just like, oh, oh, turn that off. <laughs> Which I, I it's yeah, always I so he, great. I guess you can call oh. it poetry. Uh, whenever, whenever was staying up really late at yep. night, drunk, uh, listening over and over again to, like, you know, demo practice versions of songs <laughs> on cassette. And just like rewinding and playing and drinking more and and writing, whatever weird words came to mind. I guess yeah, that's that's poetry. <laughs> and, 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 and does that is that do you ever as either of you as band members at any point do you ever get stuff from your bandmates? You're like, all right, this is what we're doing, and then you're like, it always turns into something. Be like, all right, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's how it, that's how it works. But. <laughs> You know, like yeah, streetlights. Streetlights lyrics are dark, which is uh, so ironic. Because Scott is supposed um, to be happy. Understand? But when you listen, I mean, like you guys, it, your music is also very dark in many ways. You yes. have a lot of like a lot of crazy like minor. Oh yeah. Notes, it's uh, all melodies, based on like, the minor chords for sure. For yeah, sure. and there's like a really almost uh like yeah, there's like a, a very morbid sense to it in a very jovial way. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, which may, we might have in common in that way. Like, we, you know, we we play some dark stuff, and our, our, the themes in our lyrics are very, um, I wouldn't say dark, but they're a little cynical and and um, judgmental, <laughs> I guess, of just like yeah. things that I saw so like in, yeah. in people and uh, fears I had about society, and just you know, I guess there's like that's where the punk. Uh, ethos comes in a little Isn't bit. Isn't it strange to like now? Yeah. All like I'm, I'm 35 and like you know, we're all dads and stuff. And um, you like all those like punk rock things. And now I look back, I'm like, huh. I was really a lot of that was just like kind of what I guess you would now call what therapy is for, of like working through some shit, like in those mosh pits <laughs> or uh, or li- like you know listening to Streetlight or Folly yeah. songs and be like listening to like the Big Sleep and being like, I miss my friend and be like, but now as an adult, I, it's just like, oh. Maybe I had some trauma that I wasn't aware of, or some there there was some shit I was working through, and you guys had, were able to do it in a much more creative way. And mine was, I was like, let's just go punch some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe music for us was yeah. therapy. Uh, I think it, I think it oh, has sure. been. That's what it is. Yeah, without right. a doubt. I, I mean, streetlight albums are um are those are two. Like I have. 
God, I think it's Everything Goes Numb. Pretty much most Streetlight albums Mm -hmm. are, like, um, definitely, like, especially when things get bad, those are, like, my, like, I need to feel happy or sad albums. I listen to those, like, a lot. Like, one of the many reasons this whole interview in my head pumped up, I had just been going through a huge Streetlight binge for, like, the billionth time. Like, you know, a lot of, like, everyone, we're all going through a weird time right now. So, like, um, I, I... it's, I like to listen to music when I go to sleep or when I'm working or something. But so I was like, you just get in those modes. And like, oh man, it's so fun. And it's in another thing. The hard times loves to do is kind of shit on basis. Like they always make it like the butt of the joke. But um, you're surprisingly hard to find information on. By the way, uh, I don't know if you've done a lot of interviews, which which I found <laughs> actually kind of even more exciting. Like you, the, the, but um. Yeah, everything I apps, everything I would right. find about you like on Reddit was other people just talking about how you were a nice guy and a fantastic bassist and so much respect. <laughs> so just say like I, on like Bass Magazine. So awesome. are you not like a not an interview person, or are you just like yeah, hang in the background? Uh, yeah, I think it's a hang in the background thing Is, for sure. He's your um, Jeff. You know that that, that listen. This yeah. is the bassist thing. Like I sit in a world in a band where. I am with the rhythm. I'm also supporting, you know, the melodies, you know, so I'm kind of like in between there. Um, in the band specifically, you know, there, there's four horns. Yeah. Um, you got a lot of people on know. stage. <laughs> there's quite a bit. There's quite a bit. You know, before I joined the band, it's funny. Uh, I'll tell you the story. So before I joined the band, everyone used to stand right in front. Uh, the bass player would stand next to, to Thomas and then there'd be the four horns. When I had joined the band, I didn't. Well, you know, we, we don't wear we don't wear costumes on stage. We don't wear we don't have a particular look or anything like that. Um, but when I joined the band, the particular phase I was in, I had a polo shirt, I had glasses, I had a baseball cap on. I think I wore shoes as well. When I first joined the band, I found this out later. Thomas was like, um, "Let's just stick him in back." <laughs> no way! Oh, that's funny. Now, listen, the, the the positive thing about that whole thing is I ended up being, you know, right in front of my bass amp, so feeling that bass line mm-hmm. very heavily, and I was also right next to the drummer. Right next to the drums. And, and you know, and me there and Chris, Chris Thatcher, drummer, you know, we've, we have a, a so great, great yeah. synergy together, and, you know, I'm not sure that that would have happened if I would have been in the front and away from him like the old configuration oh, that's pretty was. Cool. So, yeah, I love so there it. it is. Yeah, so, I, I, I think yeah, both of your awesome. bands are bands that are just like when you're when I was again watching lots of YouTube videos. You both look like you're having more fun than the people watching the show, which is what is like in a good. I mean, as a compliment, and as you should. Yeah. Like, there's something sad about watching like a, an artist who gets older, and you watch them, and you're like, ah, oh, they're just not here. But like, you're smart. Like in some of these videos, I have specific ones. I was, I was you know focusing on like kind of studying both of you. I'm like, oh my god, John's screaming his lungs out, but he's smiling. And Pete, like, every time in the background, it would just be like, I don't know how to play an instrument, so, but you would just be like this, like, kind of nodding your head. And it's always you and the drummer look like you're having, um, like, Chris, we're almost like having a conversation while playing, like, can you believe this? This is awesome. Like, yeah. oh, I love yeah. it. And, like, kids are like, fucking jumping and scaling, and you're just like, this is awesome. Like, and finally, like, Jeff and Arvin were always the yeah. two that kind of just stood in the back and didn't move as much, but always looked like they were having fun as well. It's, it's funny just to be like, all right. Yeah. yeah, we have uh, we have a great time. And, you know, now that we're all older, but still doing it, um, you know, for instance, we'll do these weekends where we go to, uh, you know, New England and play and we'll, we'll be playing a show on a Sunday night. And then I have to drive home to work on Monday morning and everybody else does, too. But, um, 
you know, it's the minute we get on stage, it's we're all mm. just hanging out again. Obviously, you know, the, the guys in Street I'm sure John's the same for you. Like the, these guys in the band, I've spent more time with them than anyone I've ever spent with in my life because we live together 24 hours a day for so many years. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's more than being brothers. So, so it's like the minute you get on stage, it's like, oh, it's that old thing again and nothing else matters. It's all good. It's all fun. Oh, uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. It's escapism. It's so important to have that. If you're a musician or creativity or whatever it is, you got to have that thing where you can just like an hour goes by. You don't. Even, I mean, for me, this is it. So like, it's got to have that thing, and it it makes it makes adulthood a lot better. Excuse me. Yeah, agree. That, were you? Oh. Yeah, it's it's a it's a ritual um, yeah. of sorts that you share with your friends, and it's kind of like uh, for us uh, as the years have gone on. Now, since we're not a functioning band, we. We still see each other quite often. We're, we're still very close, of course. But uh, if we do play, every once in a while we'll play a show, you know, once or twice a year at this pace. Um, if we ever do, though, that that hour, hour and a half that we have together is like really, um, it's that much more sacred because we don't get to do that as much yeah. now. And, uh, and that energy is something you can only really find in that space and in the time. And it's just kind of like, it, it's cool. It's, if you see me smiling, uh, it's for a reason, you know, like I'm genuinely enjoying this time. Uh, and, and the fact that other people enjoy it too. Like I'm sure Pete, when you look out in the audience and you see people going crazy, uh, it's just, it's that much more special too. Like oh, yeah. people are, are there with you sharing that time with you. So yeah, you um, feel that energy for sure. So, yeah. So if like you sit in the back and you're, and you're grooving and you're in the pocket playing bass with with the drummer like you're just you're chilling in the back you're still very much like you know front and center yeah. even though you're in the back like you're you're, th- you're there in the music as much oh, as yeah. everybody else is with you at that time so um it, it would be eerie you mentioned it before it would be super eerie if a band was on stage not giving a shit and everybody was going yes crazy. <laughs> like that that would scare me if he's so weird I'd rather it be the opposite, where like at least we're sweating our asses off here, you know. Um, uh, what you guys are doing out there is up to you, but you know, it would be crazy, scary. Oh yeah. Were you in uh, Were you in Streetlight during the Victory uh, Saga? You're there for that. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I you're the it. second person I've gotten to talk to who's been on Victory, and um, I'm, I love hearing those stories. I talked to uh, Nathan Gray from Boy Sets Fire. Which he's the, he they okay. seem to kind of have the oddly enough he had more shit to talk about the more ma- the more later label stuff I think they signed a one and done <laughs> rightfully so yeah okay. uh, is yeah, Tony as as crazy as they make him out to sound like I've heard so many like from like my perspective of a someone who's just read all the lore of him and now working in like behavioral health he just sounds like very textbook borderline personality disorder which is the very difficult to deal with and for some people who don't know like. The, one of the things about that is sometimes is um, when you, especially with people who are very abusive, besides the abusive aspect, there's also like a great love and that's very fucking hard to navigate. I can't even imagine what that's like. You're like, oh, here's your dream come true, but then you had to deal with that. I don't want to get you know, like in trouble or nothing. Right. But, no, no. So yeah. I could talk a little bit about it. So, so Thomas is the one that um, deals mm. with him personally. And he, he worked very hard to shelter all of us and protect us from that whole thing. 
So I can only imagine the stories that Thomas has with him. He's told us some of the stories, but you know, from what I from what I know and from my experience, um, they just were not. Again, I don't want to go into specifics, obviously, but they just were not good to us at, at many turns in our career. <clears throat> um, and so, you know, it had to end. Um, you know, in in some way, it had to end, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, w- when we did need them, they weren't there. Um, you know, on several different occasions. And so it just became, instead of being, um, you know, a part of the institution that would foster us and nurture us and all these kind of things, it had the opposite effect. And it doesn't even sound like this is a unique story either. So that's why it's like, it's not like, oh, it's just Streetlight with a bunch of, like, no, this is like almost every band. Like, I love, there's a podcast I love called Lead Singer Syndrome, which Shane told from uh, um, uh, Silverstein who is another victory band and so he that's one of his things so it, mm-hmm. it's just like a you start to kind of hear the theme of that i was like I'm, I'm glad you guys were able to get out that well one of the things i'm wondering too like with any time i'm sure with Thali, any anyone like when you face that adversity it kind of pushes you to the ground to make you want and believe and at least uh your, your, your front man thomas is very vocal and but it's just about it and it just sounded like just, he just from, comes off as, as from the pamphlet, like a very passionate person about Streetlight, which I think makes me and everyone else love Streetlight even more. It's like, so like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he lives it. Uh, he deeply, deeply, deeply cares and is invested in the happiness of the fans, yeah. of our fans, for sure. Like, that's his whole, that is his whole thing, um, you know, above anything else. Um, and obviously it shows, obviously we have, you know, um, fans that you know love us and we try to give back as much as we can um you know we're working on some things uh presently um you know unfortunately this crazy worldwide pandemic thing happened that kind of put a little kink in the plans um yeah thomas had just um put out something on our instagram talking about all this kind of stuff but yeah we're we're in the we're working on stuff to give back to the fans but you know it's a process. Yeah, he might be one of the only men, maybe him and like Idris Elba, that could rock a scarf so well. Oh yeah, yeah, kind of a little jealous. He's he's, he's yeah. rocking. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. You shouldn't be able to be like that talented and handsome and wear a scarf. It's just, it's not fair. Yeah, I, I feel like a scarf is uh, is a, a severe yeah. statement. Really is. speaking you're putting yourself yeah. out there you know yeah, so. you really are Let's especially if it's like a band photo and you're all in t-shirts i'm like there's no need for that scarf it's like obviously it's a you're, you're making a statement of like i'm cool but it's for yeah. the you know? that's yeah that's, that's beautiful so what was your experience like touring is the streetlight where but when you got in the band were you a van and then did you get up to a bus or did you get to just jump right to a bus so when I joined the band, we had um, we had just started leasing or financing or something like that, an RV. Now, the thing is, an RV sleeps, you know, six people. You have seven people in the band. Then we have um, a, a stage tech plus a sound guy plus a merch guy, right? So that's like ten people. So we gutted the, we gutted the RV. We built, like, <laughs> we built these bunks out of plywood. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It was pretty bad. Like, you know, a couple guys got like some injuries from like, you know, sleeping on these things and then hitting bumps in the road and getting like abscess teeth Jesus. and all these kind of things. It was, it was pretty insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, abscess teeth? Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? The, the perils uh, of being right? a Scott Punk band with so <laughs> yeah. many people. Wow. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And so then that was 2006, 2007. 
end of 2008, we um, we started doing a bus thing. Um, and obviously now we have a we have more crew, and so it's mm-hmm. 12 people on a 12 person bus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I joined the band, like I said before, right when we started doing the push of supporting bands. So we, my first tour, um, we supported Aquabats. Then we did the giant tour with Real Big Fish. Then we did another giant tour with Real Big Fish in the fall. And this band, uh, Westbound. Oh Train. yeah, I love Westbound Train. Um, yeah, and then from there we went to Europe in a very tiny van um, for a whole winter. It was like 60 days or something backing up uh, real big fish. Now, the thing about Europe is, you know, a lot of these clubs in Europe have, um, you know, lofts and little houses where the band could stay. That's for the headline Uh, band. So we did not have that. And so we spent 60 days, you know, meeting fans and seeing if we could sleep on their floors. and Really punk rock and hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the winter, it was... um, it was a very, very, very long tour. And you yeah. kept, you stopped, and, you, um, and you all keep going on tour. Like at least here, as, thinking of that as an adult, I'd be like, "Fuck no!" But I guess when I'm in my twenties, I'd be like, "Let's do it." Oh yeah, that yeah, was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, but we we went some really cool places, real big fish. We went to um, Australia for the first time with them. Um, who knows if we would have gone there without them? You know. Um, yeah, we've seen a lot of cool things with them. Um, yeah, so we did. So then from there. We kept on, um, I, I think, um, somewhere in the between came out in, I want to say 2007, mm. 2008. Um, we did headline tours mixed with backing up Real Big Fish, and we did a European tour like once a year to every other year, um, along with another thing. And so basically from 2006 to 2013, we were, you know, straight full time touring nonstop. And that's around 2013, 2014. We kind of, um, you know, segued into this current thing where we do about 35, 40 shows a year. I think that's the wisest way to... I, there was, like, a few years where I would see Streetlight, like, twice in Connecticut. You know, that's how often you were on tour. Yeah. Or, like, in Rhode Island. or like, And, right. and sometimes one of them, like, you played, like, I saw... It was, like, a state school. You guys played a, uh, like, the Spring Fling with, a, like, a jam band. Yeah, that's something kind of spectacular. Yeah. I remember going to it for the sole factor that street I played it, but none of the other bands made sense. It was like I was like, why? Yeah, we did. We we had a little stint where we did like a bunch yeah. of college shows, and it was always a weird mishmash of different genres. And like you could always tell that the people booking it were definitely Scott fans. Yep. That's why we're there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, all right. <laughs> I, I think that. <laughs> but we we played in um where was it SUNY Purchase I think and um yeah we like we played after Drake. Right when he was getting big. <laughs> but, like, we played, and it's like the place wow. out. It was like, all right. <laughs> That's crazy. I think I saw me and, I think, I think me and Ryan Lerman went to that one in, uh, at Central. I forgot the other bands. I couldn't even, I couldn't, I can't remember. And you, you, you did some Warp Tour as well, because I know I saw you perform, I know you perform at Warp did, Tour. Yeah. But, of course, the one time, the day I saw it was, like, in Hartford, and you guys were on at, like, 1230. But you still had a crowd. Oh, that was man. very impressive. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Warped Tour was good to us. You know, it was it was it's brutal touring because it's um, you know, it's like every day for I think eight weeks, and it's you know you're in parts the whole summer. Uh, um, the time's always changing, so you can't get into a set schedule. You know, you know all these kind of things. But yeah, 2008 we did the full time. We did the whole tour, and 2012 we did the whole thing. And you know, without a doubt, that um, that definitely got us a bunch more fans. Yeah, so it was cool. And I know uh, John does tell me that he got to see you at Radio City. What was that, man? Play, play and you're both Jersey cats, oh, yeah, but like man. you know, growing up being like Bridge and Tunnel people and then playing Radio City, like that's got to be such a full circle moment. Uh, yeah, it was intense. It was intense. Um, 
Yeah, it was weird. When I walked onto the stage, when I first got there, like, it felt like there was, like, its own climate in there. Like, the wind was blowing inside that place. Wow. It was so huge. <laughs> cavernous, yeah. It was it pretty huge. intense. It was pretty intense. But, uh, yeah, it was... It was definitely. John, who did you say, John? You sat next to that. Yeah. You was it? Oh, um, you, you, I know you're telling. Oh, it was Dan Dan Podhast's uh, wife. Nice. Yeah, John. I saw I, you in the crowd, man. I saw you. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't <laughs> too far back. I was yeah, having yeah. a great time. Yeah. Um, everybody was having a great time. Yeah. You know, fun. and it was it was it was bizarre in that it, it was such an age old venue, and there's yeah. like there's a definitely an aura in that place, like uh, a certain mysticism and you guys just killed it and everybody was going crazy and, you know from like the con those those like uh old arena type venues um like radio city like you're you're standing uh at your seat you know and everybody's yeah. up but it, it's just it's so funny to see how uniform everybody is going crazy and partying and then there's like the occasional <laughs> person that kind of steps out of his or her comfort zone and like banging into people like going into the aisles you know yep, and yep, that yep. was happening a lot there were a lot of people that were uh, breaching their their neighbor's trust <laughs> and uh, and just and just going crazy but yeah what what a cool what a cool experience that you guys um must have had playing with like a symphonic backing did you have oh yeah band? yeah it was um it was incredible yeah so thomas this was his um you know, bands of the acoustic revolution was something I think even before Streetlight. So he always had this as his like well the moment to make happen. <laughs> and so yeah, when he was able, when he finally got all the pieces together to do it, it was definitely a dream come true for him. And I was so proud of him that he was able to do this thing. Um, you know, I'm not sure if we we made much money doing it. You know, the financial thing because of having to. You know, because he obviously we had world class musicians playing with us. Yeah. Uh, fill that orchestra, you know, someone to arrange the music, um, all the preparation, you know, we, we rehearsed at these world-class studios to make it, you know, to make sure that it was all sounding good and all that kind of stuff. But man, what, a, what an incredible experience that year and a half of doing this thing twice in a row, two years in a row. It was, um, it's pretty special. Very thankful to Thomas for, is there videos of this or is this only, if you're not there, you didn't see it. I think there is, you, you know, that thing I was saying earlier about we got some things oh. in the works. I think there's some things yeah. like that as well. Wonderful. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. So, so, so you plans. didn't grow up in the Jersey scene like like I like I grew up in Connecticut, but like you're not. So you, you you're not like a scene right. kid like uh, John and I. No, no. Like I said, I was um, you know into classic rock, uh, Pink Floyd, and all that kind of stuff. I got into Fish around 1996 and was like a pretty heavy fish head. <laughs> For a couple of years there. That's so fucking funny. Um, That's kind of well, blowing yeah. my mind. And everything involved with it, and, you know, there it is. But I'll tell you what, that bass player, Mike Gordon, he's one of the best bass players oh, ever. Oh, sure. amazing. Um, yeah. He plays literally a different bass line for the same song, every, you know, every time they do it. It's pretty incredible, and that's what got me. That band is what got me to be like, well, I'm going to take music really seriously and become a good uh, instrumentalist. So I can see that being the case. Yeah. Such amazing musicianship in that band. I, and I was oh, yeah. never, um, I was never a fish no. head. Like I had <laughs> friends that were that went to all the shows, and um, and even like uh, I guess a generation even above me, like uh, my older brothers <laughs> and their friends were going to fish fish shows and stuff. But um, man, yeah, if you're if you're into music and you get into that band chances are it's going to make you a better musician 
Yes. If you yes. pay attention to what they're doing, like right, right, right. If you're in that part of it instead of the other part, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's it's cool. I, I actually went to my first fish show with my wife because um, her best friend from high school goes to all the uh, the New Year shows at MSG. Nice. Like every year, um, mm-hmm. and she invited us one year, and we're like, all right, what the fuck, like. Let's go see fish, you know. Yeah. And I had listened in in college. I was actually just listening today to uh, Divided Sky. It's like one of my fi- one of my favorite Great. songs. Period. It's yeah. just like yeah. an amazing fucking song. Um, but I'm the guy at the fish show that has only been there once, and I'm like, you know, when are they going to play Divided Sky? And when, yeah, when it's like, yeah. <laughs> you got 20 hours. Yeah, are they going to play Gaiuti? And, and sure yeah. enough, they played both of those songs, and oh, that's awesome. had such an awesome time. Um, what a cool, cool band! And I know yeah. they get a lot of shit for whatever reason. You know, like it's like, oh, you like fish? Uh. Um, I don't. I never understood why people didn't like them or gave people a hard time for liking them because they're just so fucking good. Yeah, it's a thing. I, you know, I get. I a lot of times I'll hear people be like, "Well, I just don't think they're good musicians. I, that's why I don't like them." And it's like, then clearly, then I can't respect <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because that is you're, you're right? obviously you're not, an idiot. You're not listening, then. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing you could say. It's like I don't like them at all, but they're really good musicians. That's yeah, that's the, the one thing you you can say. That's that, the correct yeah, thing yeah. to say. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was definitely a formidable years for me. Yeah. Um, getting into that stuff. And then from there, though, I got into, I grew out of them and got into jazz, which is a more, I guess, much more highly disciplined version of improvisation. Yeah. Um, and from there, I got, you know, I focused even more and honing my skills even more, you know, with instructors and stuff. And like I said, that's what led me to meeting the people I met that I currently. Um, Do you think that helped you out on tour when you're like going out with these bands who like, Maybe you didn't are aware of like the what I would call like the scene dynamics because you're just like oh we're just all musicians but like at least you'd be like oh that guy with this and this person like oh that's that's Aaron yes. from Real Big Fish or like whatever like you know people like there's a persona that you probably can cut through which probably led to you having much better relationships with people because you're just like hey can you believe it <laughs> we're here right so that was that was our thing that was a reputation especially on Warp Tour and all that kind of stuff like. No one really in the band was, um, you know, the, the drummer was in the New Brunswick uh, scene and all that kind of stuff, and obviously Thomas and all that. But, you know, a- after reaching adulthood and all that kind of stuff, no one was really a scenester or, like, trying to be in a scene, all that kind of stuff. And we became known as this band of, oh, there's just those regular guys there on tour, like mm-hmm. just straight regular dudes um, with no leaning towards yeah. anything. And from that, especially on Warp Tour, we'd be playing – and then, like, we'd overhear, like, you know, oh, you guys are, you know, the, the sound engineers, you're our favorite band on Warp Tour. You know, or like, oh, this this guy from this band and this guy from this totally different huge band, you know, he comes and checks you guys out every show and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, oh. And you probably yeah. wouldn't even know, like, the, yeah. the, the significance of it. Like, nope. bad, bad <laughs> what? <laughs> Religion's bad? Yeah, exactly. Okay. But that's got to be cool. It's like, it's almost... Yeah, I guess I like that. There's something uh, there's something kind of cool to that of uh, being like the outsider, but like almost like the more of a blue collar ish. I don't know, just like the mu- musicians, musician. Yeah. I guess like would be the term. Like a, you know, they old say like comedians, comedian. Like you're the you're the band that the band that everyone loves loves. Yeah, uh, you know, in some instances, I I think that that's true, and um, yeah, that's um, you know, something that we don't shy away from. Where obviously, you know, it, it feels nice to hear that kind of thing. That um. Yeah, we're we're in it for the music. We're not in it for the scene. Um, 
I mean, what scene is there yeah. though? But I don't know. We're, we're in it for the music, and you know. well, it's just funny because I, I just, I just assumed like most people were in it, uh, the scene at one point, and then the band kept going and going and going. But I guess oh, sure. that's not true. My, um, my cousin, uh, well, her now ex-husband, but uh, he is in Re- the band Red Fang, and like same thing, like he was like 40 by the time this the thing happened. And I was like, oh, oh, all right, yeah. He was like a like a scientist right, right, or whatever, yeah. and just playing like weird metal with his metalhead kids. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I guess I just always had that vision that everyone was like went to Scott Punk shows and then eventually kept with it. So it's like, oh yeah, some people actually play music, unlike me who just listen. Oh, I, I I can't play anything. I've tried. Not not my thing. Well, I guess that's funny because I was gonna be like, I was one of my questions. I was thinking like, oh, what what who did you all like, cross paths with? Who now are like super famous but you might not even know any of those people up i don't you're like oh uh, yeah <laughs> well you <laughs> mentioned uh the yo gabba gabba and i know you're, you're we're all dads so i i'm sorry i meant to say aquabats <laughs> but you play with the aquabats yeah, have yeah. you have you done though did your kid uh your kiddos do the yo gabba gabba um no man i've not gotten into that that's actually a good reminder How, i'm sorry do you, have a, uh, do you have a son or a daughter do that i know I do i have a son yeah he's oh, all right oh, wow. how old's your daughter now john yeah. Six months. Six months. Wow. Um, oh, she's so next week. fucking cute. Yeah. I have a, yeah, I have a three-year-old. Awesome. We're all at different stages, so I guess, Pete, you could tell us what we're in for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like, you know, oh, the terrible threes. What's that? It never happened. And it's like, oh, well, terrible oh, fours. Oh, God. Threes That's threes enough. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for those terrible oh, 18s. Yeah. But no, it's cool. Now He's, he's getting older now, and um, yeah, he's six. like That's developing. Crazy, he's got like his own personality now and his little idiosyncrasies yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's it's yeah, really, really cool. My friend, uh, Alicia Riley, her six-year-old texted me the other day. Like, we were all doing like a house party. It was like our friends. And actually, Amanda and Jeff were on it, too. And uh, like, we were house partying, and then I guess her daughter like asked her a question. She's like, oh, just go ask him. And she like, te- I just got a text like, Hi, hi, Rebel. This is Riley. My mommy said I could text you. What's your middle name? And I was, I was like, I froze. I was like, what? And then I, I was like, all right. And then she's like, thank you. My mommy says I have to go to bed now. So I asked her. She's like, yeah, she just types in the first letter of a word and just, and it, it was perfect. She used emoticons. She actually called me, like, FaceTime my little, my nephew. I have a nephew who's six. And now he's on, like, Facebook. Yes. Him and his little neighbor friends are all Facebook chatting each other. It's just like... Yeah, the Facebook uh, family messaging. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's funny. So because of the remote learning thing, you know, I got invited to this thing for my son. But then, like, it's through my phone. So I'll get, like, these texts. I know. It's... it's <laughs> with, like, a smiley face. And, like, my son's not around, so I'll, like, just give a smiley Aww. face back. It's like, here we go. It's so... I know. I was just talking to my parents about this, like... That's so funny. Five weeks ago, we would be getting lectured about giving our kids too much screen time. And now it's like, if you don't give your kid a screen, how the hell are they going to exist in this world? Like, literally, there's no school, so it's just it's oh, yeah. such a paradigm yeah. shift. Now, being in a band and being a dad, being a band that only does the 30, 40, not only, I'm sorry, uh, do not going out for nine straight years, that's got to be so great because, like, you can have, right. like, a, a good home home life. Deep present. Yeah, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very, very lucky to say I have the best of both worlds. I still get to live that thing um, and do just enough shows every year. And I still get to be home plenty and experience the Java, you know, being home, being, you know, family and all that kind of stuff. So I'm very lucky. And that's like the dream. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I can't. I, yeah. Just, I don't know, like that, just like the stereotype of like how dads used to be like in older movies and stuff. And like, like the whole Mr. Mom thing. I was like, I can't even imagine. I, I wonder if part of this is because having like I was in my 30s and my daughter was born. Like, 
I couldn't imagine wanting to be doing anything else. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of times I'm like, oh my fucking god, go to bed. But <laughs> as you all know, but overall, it's like I don't think I'd want to be anywhere else but like this. Like as much as this sucks, I'm like, ah, I get to be home with Felicity more. It's like the dream. Yeah, even um, you know, even the amount of shows we do, a lot of the times, and you know, everyone else in the band, a lot of them have kids as well, and it's yeah, it's tough. It's like, hey, we got four weekends in a row where we're going out. And it's like, oh man. I um I would love to be yeah. home right now, <laughs> you know. But then you know we're also you know chasing that uh, high of being, you know, together doing the music and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's an interesting um experience. The highs the and the lows, thing. absolutely. And I, yeah. and, so, uh, and it's so funny because that's the only celebrities. Because uh, what is it? Who who was it? Is it the singer of the Aquabats made Yo Gabba Gabba? I believe. Chris? Yeah, I think it's a it's a couple. Yeah, of them did it together. It's, um, my yeah. daughter had a, a phase where we watched a lot of the YouTube. You'd be surprised how many, like, bands that, not even, like, punk bands that showed up on that. Like, the Flaming Lips do one, um, like, um, That's uh, cool. Salon, like, Beyonce's sister does one. Like, it's just like, and, like, I, we were, I, I was, we were downstairs. I have a Spotify playlist for my daughter that we listen to music with. And we were just listening to one of the Taking Back Sunday ones. And it's, like, about how they love their pets. But it's just so funny because it's all those bands, but in their style, playing kid songs. And there's a Jimmy Eat World one that, like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, this could be on a record. It's so good. And the whole song is just Jimmy. It's, like, a Jimmy Eat World. It's, like, a three-minute song. Maybe, like, two minutes about being spending the day with your best friend. But, you know, in that very Jimmy Eat World That's way. Cool. But, you know, it's that weird thing when you're, like, with your kid oh, yeah. and then you're liking the kid stuff more than they are. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I, I've been listening to all of my daughter's <laughs> toys and the songs yep. that come with them. Um, my wife and I have some weird form of Tourette's throughout the day. We start pounding them out, yeah, that's them normal. out, out loud. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's getting oh, out of it, hand. It's, yeah, man. That, uh, that Daniel Tiger, man. Daniel Tiger. Oh, as, he, as a musician, though, don't get me wrong. Whoever does the like the composing or whoever like does the arrangements, minus like, the fact that it's yeah. for kids' music, yo, that, mo- that music, like, fucks. It's really good. Amazing. Yeah there's, oh, yeah, there's this one little keyboard we have, and there's a song that must have been written by Taylor's. It is uh, a, just a geniusly constructed pop song which beautifully done it's a weird thing is i like daniel tiger more than my daughter so she won't watch it but i listen to the music with her (laughs) in the car but there's one song it's like something something and ask for help but like it just has like if you if you take out the words they're saying i was like dude a punk band can make this music like the they have some real like moments i'm like oh yeah Chances are, whoever did that music was in a punk band, oh, yeah, or I, is. Yeah, I, sure. I just, so in yeah. my head, I always pretended it was, I'm like, oh, it's definitely Pete. It's Pete from Street, like, just be like, Gotta get that passive right? uh, income. Yeah, hey, man, yeah. that's what you gotta do, is make the kids music. Uh, uh, a street, uh, uh, a, 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 a,
that kind of thing. I think that's so yep. fucking great. Um, <laughs> about the hour. Yes, I don't want to take too much of, of your time. Um, this has been uh, such a. This has been so much fun getting to talk to both of you. Um, ha- when's the last time you guys saw it? You probably haven't worked together at that store in a while. Yeah, it's been many years now. Oh right? yeah, I want to say uh, 2013, something like that. Maybe? Probably, probably. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we've we've bumped into each other here and there through the years. Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, we should yeah. hang out sometimes. <laughs> we should, right? Jeez. <laughs> As all this is, you know, I'm like, well, I can pretend to hang out with people. This is the closest to hanging out we'll get. Yeah, this is this yeah. is uh, a. Yeah, but like, I have a three. Yeah. Right. Which is funny. Like anyone who has any sort of like social anxiety must be, to some extent, loving this right now. Um, yeah. But also like fearing uh, the return. Yeah. <laughs> to like normalcy. I have to leave the yeah. house. I feel bad for. Yeah, like, oh, my God, I don't have to talk to people again. That crippling fear must be oh setting in. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. But eventually this is going uh, to go. It's got to stop what? eventually. And like, yeah, you know, yeah. Ju- yeah. But it is it is bizarre. It's a bizarre and time. Like, I have sure. a small child, and I know, you have a small child, too. So, like, I wasn't going out a lot anyway in this period. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I work yeah, in a hospital. Sure. I'm still going to work every day. It's definitely made that part more stressful. But, like, I still go out. But, like, I'm like, I don't go out a whole lot, like, I, I joked with my wife the other night. It's like I can't wait to get to the point where we get to go back out, and then I could be like, oh, I don't feel like going out tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want the option to know I could go out, and I'm choosing to stay home and order takeout and like watch uh, television and shit yeah. like that and do stuff like that. That's that's what I want to get back to. Yeah, it's the post-pandemic uh, blues. But, I mean, that's like I, besides you, guy, but yeah, but John, I mean, you must you you played with a lot of a lot of the scene people we came up with. I guess like I would say Jack Antonoff and Mike Hem are probably the only scene members that became like household names. I could think of in uh, in New Jersey's scene, I, like e- emo just, uh, punk, like, like that kind of punk, punk emo ska scene. Sure, that's right. Yeah. Um, Jack was in Outline? No. Random Task? Was I was just listening to um, This Was the Scene with, fr- um, oh, gee, to- the gentleman from uh, Triple Crown. Yeah. So, Triple Crown. Had, friend, had yeah. very nice things uh, to say about you guys, by the way. I, I don't know if you listened to that episode yet. I did catch it. Um, yes, very nice things. That what was a, a cool episode. A, a great guy. It, also, yeah. it kept doing the thing with the Streetlight Folly thing. I was like, yeah, that's two bands that, like, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like, if you get it, you get it. I'd have to say, like, I've introduced both of your bands to a lot of people and have had mixed reactions. But the people like me, like, when they when they grab onto it, it's very, like, extreme, I guess you would say. Yeah, yeah like, my um, my uh, my college uh, jazz teachers. Um, so the, when I went to NJCU, a lot of them were, you know, New York City jazz musicians. And so mm-hmm. I had to leave first semester to go on tour. And then uh, I came back, and they're like, oh, that's great, you know. And uh, they like listen to it, and they're like, "This is like a high speed uh, klezmer uh, circus." Music. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Thank oh, you." Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so I guess they didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. It, you've always seemed like it seems like to be that theme of your life, always having like your foot into one side of like. And you said you you have you you work as well too, so you're also like a, a job haver like the rest of us. I am, yeah. I'm, I'm a school teacher. No way! Teacher. Yeah, I, um, actually, I work at a special ed school. I'm a transition coordinator. Here. I worked in, I, I, my background's more, um, I worked with more like adults with development disability, but like a lot of like behavioral health, DD, uh, and stuff like that. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Do the kids sure. at your school, either yeah. of your schools like think it's cool or they just like whatever? 
I think they they think it's cooler when I tell them how many YouTube views I have. The band has, yeah, and that, they're that, like, that puts "Oh, it in. okay." That's that's how they'll understand it. We sold this amount of records. You have to give them the whatever. Numbers. We played with Drake once. Uh huh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Do you ever have have you had any embarrassing things that you did like like we all did pre internet being what it is now that now has come back to bite you from the band because you two are a lot more public uh, than I am. Luckily not. Yeah, you know, no, 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 no. You know, no. luckily, I mean, <laughs> yeah, things could have been yeah, yeah my, much to my ruin, but uh, apparently didn't make the internet. Luckily, correct. Because yeah. we, you know, like especially touring MySpace early on, era. Um, it was right at the advent yeah right at the advent of social media period and um people just didn't post everything you know that took mm. many many years to for that kind of uh social you know requirement that people feel they have um to just post things and pictures and videos and stuff like that so um luckily we, like we were able when we were touring we were able to kind of fly under the radar for most of the years um and get away with debauchery that wouldn't come back to haunt us, you know, but I was always like, so I was so weird. I was told in grad school, like, you know, you can't really let anyone know about this. Um, and I just always had like an issue with that. I, I didn't want to hide who I was, what I did. I, I also didn't want to like come in and be cool guy teacher. Like, Hey kids, I'm in a metal band. You know, there's just something so trite about that um, too. But it has become, for me, like it has become part of my persona. Kids find out about it. If they ever do see a video or, or hear the songs, they're like, they're just so um, perplexed, like truly <laughs> befuddled. Like, what? You know? Um, and I like that. I like being that teacher that there, there's this weird aura about this guy who is in this hardcore ska band, you know? Um, but if there's like this grand success in the way that a kid sees how many youtube hits you have that must be really um shocking to them that yeah that you're not just oh, a yeah. teacher you're yeah, you know, like wait a second what <laughs> like, that you do anything and it's like remembers a teacher in um the supermarket and how just like that one isolated event was it was like seeing yeah. bigfoot in the wild like, it's fucking crazy so if a kid really can put it into perspective like what his teacher is doing playing bass in this traveling ska punk band um playing you know all around the world that must be really really neat it must be really neat for a kid and i'm sure your, your, your kid doesn't yeah. care right isn't that like always the joke that kids just don't care what their parents do at all no matter what even if you're like michael jordan or <laughs> a, a more updated reference i don't know why that's what i went with <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's six now, Pete. Does he? Uh, does yeah, he kind of no. get get it a little bit, or? Although now, cause, you know, because he watches YouTube kids sometimes. I, yeah. I tried to just for the first time recently. I was like, "Well, I got this many YouTube views," and he's like, "Whoa!" And then and like, that's yeah. you got a whoa. That's pretty fucking great. <laughs> I tried to whoa. use it. Do you, does that work on your wife? And she's like, "I got do the dishes yeah. while well, no. I've been this. I've no. been to Australia. Get out of here." Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah, all right. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, gone are the days of impressing. Yeah. Now here we are. She's yeah, over it. Great. Um, well, I, I can't thank both of you enough for your time. This has been uh, so much fun. Is there anything um, pluggable that you want to come up? I know Folly's got some stuff in the works that's been kind of hinted on Instagram. So I figured instead of asking you, I'd, uh, I can't remember. I'm like, 
Am I supposed to? I'm like, uh, so I don't want to accidentally say the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, nothing really being hidden. We just, uh, we've been working on some some stuff, some new material. New is a funny word because a lot of the songs have been written for six, seven years. Uh, and we never got around to doing anything about it. But one of our goals this year was to maybe get constructive again. Um, so we've been demoing these songs, um, which has been great especially now having a little bit of creative outlet during yeah. this time. Um, you know, aside from being a dad and being a teacher and doing stuff around the house, I um, listen into our music and writing lyrics again. It's just been really fun. But um, we're kind of like, we're at a point where we're just trying to um, stay creative with each other, no matter what. So whatever comes from it, we're not sure. We're not trying to really shop this around or um, do anything professionally speaking with it. Uh, but last year we played in December, played a couple shows, like, and it was such a great response. We had such a great time that we were thinking maybe we can do that once a year, you know, get a couple shows together. Maybe we'll put out a couple songs, a couple new songs to this year and play a couple shows to honor that. We're not sure yet, but, um, you know, just staying active, busy, kind of back to the beginning, how it how it was done out of our garage or our basement, just really uh, enjoying each other's yeah, company. I, I, as a fan, I'm excited as a fan and, and the community that comes out for follow shows. It's cool. I haven't been able to make the last few because, you know, kids and jobs and life, but the next ones, it's going to be weird to see everyone, but now we're all, like, closer to 40 than we are 20, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I, closer than what I want to admit. It's – yeah, and we're all um, – not all of us, but most of us are dads now, and uh, so just like Pete was mentioning before, we have our, our lives at home. Um, we're not a touring band, so – Whatever we can do with the time we have uh, within reason, where like our wives are not getting angry at us for leaving for too long, uh, <laughs> we'll, just, yeah. we'll do. And yeah. and it's like you're, you're, we're reaching yeah like our our upper thirties here, our late thirties. So um, we're keeping everything within reason and and realistically speaking, what can we do with the time we have together? Um, and that's kind of it's liberating, really, because there's really no pressure on our end. We just don't also want to like linger in, in the way that we're like, all right, we're gonna do this stuff, all this stuff, and then years later we don't do anything. So we're we're also trying to like make actual decisions and um, come to an understanding. So you know, it's been fun though. And all your stuffs on Spotify. Game. Yes. So anyone out there, you can finally listen to the album that never came out. Outside of the, the what is it? The, these are the names that we place. We broke down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any uh, any streetlight or any other musical or any other creative endeavors that you want to plug? Um. Well, yeah. So for the streetlight thing I was alluding to earlier, um, Thomas just put um, a pretty comprehensive post out on Instagram and Facebook. So I would suggest anyone who wants to know any news about us to check that out. Um, you know, obviously this whole thing is hampering us. Um, the uh, the whole pandemic thing so take a little step back for a second but we're, we're we're chugging along we got some big things um in the mix moving forward um myself personally i i'm in the process of putting together like an instrumental prog rock 
jazz rock band thing. We played one gig in upstate New York recently that went really well. I was planning to record this stuff in May, but um, obviously things happen. So uh, next time we talk, I'll oh, absolutely. talk about it. Have you ever <laughs> cool. have you ever been to any of those like in your jazz world or prog rock or a different world that has someone approach you to be like, hey, you're the guy from Streetlight? Has that ever happened? Yes, that's it's happened a few awesome. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it was like it was a musician where I was like, whoa, that guy is incredible. He's like, you're in Streetlight. I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> the, the, the strangest version of that I've ever read was um, I'm, I'm not a fan of them, but I, I forgot. I was reading an interview, and I think it was with Insane Clown Posse, and and um, Chuck D like walked up to them and was like, "I'm a total," and was just like nerded out on them. And I was like, "But nice. yeah, like 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 we're all talking, like you know, musicians, actual musicians, the people who are for the music, like lots of different types of music. That's yeah, so great. Yeah." Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's what uh, awesome. keeps us all going. Oh, so. Gentlemen, thank you uh, so much for doing this. This was just as as, as fun as I could have expected it to be. Uh, yeah, have a good rest of your night. All, all right, guys. Later, take it easy. Thank you, guys. See you, man.